evidence and answers. Recently, the president introduced the Equality Act, and the House of Representatives endorsing the act passed the bill H.R. 5. Although claiming to be a bill of social justice, this bill forces us to accept a government-imposed moral position on gender and sexuality that goes against God's word. This is an important bill to discuss because it reflects the moral and spiritual state of our nation. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on our show, Pat explains this bill and how we can respond to the challenges it presents to every person. Good morning. I've been asked by your leaders to address a tough issue this morning. This is one of those messages you agree to do, and then right before you get up, you go, why did I agree to do this? You know? I've done several radio and TV interviews on this, and though I speak on these issues often, you know you're a target, so it's quite, can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Members being interviewed on TV on this subject and uh, agreed to do it, and as the counter to get ready to go on air starts counting down, suddenly you start thinking, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Why did I agree to come on this TV show? I feel like saying, cut, time out, I'm leaving, you know, kind of thing. So as we discuss this uh, issue this morning, let's go to prayer. Father, give us hearts of integrity and sensitivity and to proclaim truth this morning in a loving and gracious way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're talking about a bill recently passed by the House of Representatives. It was an act that the president said he would push in the first 100 days and it'll be going to the Senate in short time period. Now, you want to get more information on the things that we cover today, you can go to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. Got great interviews, and now we got videos that we're doing on this particular subject. And let me recommend a couple really good books that I'm going to be referring to a lot in my messages. Glenn Stanton there from Focus on the Family, Loving My LGBT Neighbor, outstanding scholar in this arena. And another great book, When Harry Became Sally. This is a fine book with a lot of medical research and scientific research behind it. So two outstanding resources there for you. But why are we talking about this today? Well, this bill forces us to accept a government-imposed moral position on gender and sexuality that clearly goes against God's Word. Morality, how we determine right and wrong, comes from our spiritual convictions or worldview, right? So morality and spirituality go hand in hand. You can't separate the two. And these are issues we need to address because our faith is not lived in isolation from the world around us. We live out our faith in the world and the culture around us. We're not called to retreat and hide behind the walls of our church, but we're called to live out our faith in the world around us. And that means engaging the ideas of the culture of our day. You look at Paul's letters, that's what he was doing. He was helping the church address the issues of his day. And much of the issues of the culture, of course, have crept into the church, and the church had to deal with those particular issues. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, he states, We demolish all arguments and every pretension set up against the knowledge of Christ, 
and we take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. And Paul was commanding believers everywhere that we have got to address the issues that dominate our culture, that keep people from Jesus Christ, to demolish those arguments. And so we need to address some dangerous ideas of the culture, which shows us where our nation is at spiritually and morally. And we need to address some of these dangerous ideas of the culture that oppose biblical teachings. We need to expose their error and present a powerful case for God's truth. Now, what exactly is the Equality Act or Bill H.R. 5? Well, this was introduced by President Biden, and I'm just going to read you Section 1 of the policy here. This is Section 1, okay? Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear, no matter whom they are or whom they love. Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom the locker room, or school sports. Adults should be able to earn a living and pursue a vocation knowing that they will not be fired, demoted, or mistreated because of whom they go home to or because of how they dress, because how they dress does not conform to sex-based stereotypes. People should be able to access health care and secure a roof over their heads without being subjected to sex discrimination. All persons should receive equal treatment under the law, no matter their gender identity or sexual orientation. All right, so they've added to one of our laws that you cannot discriminate against someone because of their race. Now they're adding sexual orientation or gender identity to that. So this bill essentially would allow males who identify as females full access to female-only facilities, including locker rooms, bathrooms, dressing rooms, female shelters, and female-only living quarters. Second, transgender males would be allowed and not restricted from full participation in female-only sports. And third, organizations like churches, Christian groups, Jewish groups, Islamic groups, and others cannot discriminate from hiring people because of their sexual orientation, all right? Now, let me give you the difference between sex and gender, all right? Sex, basically, is your biological makeup, all right? Gender is what you think or feel you are. First time in Western civilization, we've separated sex and gender. Sex and gender have always gone together. For the first time in Western civilization, we're separating the two now, all right? So a basic crude definition that I use for my students is sex is what's between your legs, gender is what's between your ears, all right? So I can be biologically male and gender female, depending on how I feel and what I think I am, all right? That's the difference between the two. Now, I'm going to give you just four reasons. There are many reasons why we should be concerned and oppose something like this. I'm just going to give you four reasons this morning, all right? First, the Equality Act is really an assault against women. It poses, as you can see, a physical danger to women. There's a physical danger when a male is allowed full access to the restrooms, dressing rooms, the showers, the locker rooms, and shelters with females. Women have different physical needs that require more privacy than men. And this act does not care for women who have been abused or assaulted 
by men. And it gives male predators free and open access to women only private facilities, right? And something the press is not revealing is that the assaults on women from transgender males in women-only facilities are growing, and so are the lawsuits and complaints against female facilities that refuse to allow men into their facility. So there's a physical danger for women there. Second, there's a huge disadvantage for women when biological men compete in sports. I just read a few articles on the internet today that women's sports may be extinct in just a few years. All you're going to have is male sports and transgender sports. All right, men identifying as women, completely dominating women's sports. Because physically, men have an advantage over women, right? Now, the reports are saying, well, these men can compete after two years of estrogen treatment. But studies have shown, even after two years of estrogen treatment, males have a definite advantage over females. It doesn't shrink your shoulders. Men have broader shoulders. It doesn't shrink your muscles. It doesn't change your frame, your heart size, which, you know, physically men have bigger frames. And we can see all over our country and Europe, transgender males dominating female sports, discouraging women in many cases, costing women their scholarships. For example, in Connecticut, we know that two transgender males completely dominated the track and field events, shattering female records that were held for 15 years, right? Costing several women their particular scholarships to their college. In the MMA, Phelan Fox, a transgender male, of course, fought a woman and demolished her, beat her so bad and fractured her skull that she has permanent damage. Now, just a few years ago, we would put that kind of person in jail all right, or we would exclude him and say, are you crazy? You know, you're a man, go fight with the men. All right, but here it was allowed. Here we see Hannah Mouncey dominating Australian football there. Okay. As I looked at this photo, I realized, you know, the most courageous person in that picture is that woman in yellow. Man, I mean, I played football, all right, and I, I when I see... Uh, 220 plus guy coming, you know, running back coming at me. I don't tackle him up high like, like she does. That's uh, pretty courageous there. You know, I do the old ankle dive, you know, kind of thing. But wow, she, she looks like maybe she's 130, 140, trying to tackle this 230 pound guy here, right? I've been involved in all kinds of sports, all right? From league volleyball to football to baseball to different forms of the martial arts. And I can tell you that men, have a physical advantage over women, all right? In the martial arts, men of a lower rank can defeat women of a higher rank. Not because we're so great, it's just all things equal, men have a bigger frame, they've got larger muscles, okay? That's the way that God designed us, okay? So a woman's got to be really good in her art to take down a guy, and those who are really good can. But all things being equal, the advantage goes to the guys. In jiu-jitsu, we had a lot of female cops working out with us, right? And I'm not talking rookie cops. I'm talking veterans on the years for a dozen years or more. And this is not to be insulting 
but you can see the guys had a definite advantage even over these female cops who for a lifetime are taking down men and women all the time. And I remember talking to one of the highest ranking officers, Kalani, and I asked her, I said, you know, Kalani, just to be honest, if you're the only woman and there's a guy there who's in good shape, do you take him down? And she goes, no, every female cop knows that if there's a guy there, you know, unless we have to, we sit and we call for backup. Okay, and wait for other men to arrive. We don't try to take them down ourselves. We all know that, and we're trained to do that, right? So the Equality Act really is an assault on women. Second, it's an assault on the image of God. Same-sex marriage is an assault on God's institution of marriage, the foundation of every culture and society. Transgenderism is an assault on the very image of God. This is a perversion of the image of God. The Bible states that in Genesis 1-1, God created man in his image, male and female, he created them. And this is affirmed by Jesus in Matthew 19 and in Mark chapter 10. There's only two genders in the Bible, all right? Not 25 like in Facebook and other sites. There's only two, male and female. And because we are created in the image of God, the differences between male and female are more than just physical. It goes down deep. Our differences extend to the deepest levels of our being. That's what it means to our chromosomes, our brain structure, our voices, our body shapes, body strengths, reproductive systems, and to our deepest levels, all right, we are different. Okay? Now, I've been thrown out of a lot of churches just because I said men and women are different. All right, church has become a dangerous place for us apologists to preach here. But because this is part of the image of God, you cannot change a gender just by adding or removing physical parts. And we are discovering that sex change operations, they do not lessen the depression rate or the rate of suicide, which remains extremely high in the transgender community. Because our sex is part of the image of God. That's something that you just cannot change physically. Noted author and researcher Tom Renke writes, chromosomes cannot be re-engineered, removed, or scrubbed from the software of our bodies. It may be possible for a trans woman to pass for a woman on the street at the visual level. But it is not possible for a man to morph himself into a biological woman with all the experiences and functions of natural femaleness. The biological narrative doesn't exist. While medical advances make it possible to suppress or change some of the outward appearances of our bodies and change our patterns of speech and dress, it is not possible to raise our bodies to the ground and rebuild them without shortcutting all the essential formative experience that make the biological sex ex expression and gender authentic. Right now, these aren't articles written by necessarily Christian men and women, all right? But these are guys who have been fair and objective in their research on this whole topic. So, trying to state that our sex is fluid, it can change, it can be manipulated, is trying to change the image of God and how he designed and created us. God created two genders, male and female, to fulfill the mandate 
he has given for our creation. And together we fulfill God's mandate. And our differences should be celebrated, not condemned. So it's an assault on women. It's assault on the image of God. And third, it's an assault on truth. Truth, it's the most powerful thing in the world. We're created in the image of God, designed to live according to truth, not according to what is a lie. The worst thing to do is embrace what is false. Believe it, embrace it, and live according to what is false. Right? You get upset when you're deceived by the media. You get upset when you are tricked by false advertising. Right? I mean, you, you get upset, and you should be. Because we're designed to live according to truth. Now, the classic biblical and classic philosophical definition of truth, it's this. Truth is what corresponds to reality. Okay, that's the biblical and traditional philosophical definition of truth. Truth is what corresponds to reality. All right, unfortunately, I didn't learn that definition until I got into grad school. I wasn't taught this kind of stuff because our definition of truth today is changing. In other words, truth is outside of us. We discover it and we conform to it. For example, this podium is made of wood. I can believe all I want that this podium is made of styrofoam. And if I bang my head on it, the styrofoam is going to shatter like styrofoam does. Right? I can believe that all. I can truly, sincerely believe that. But does it match the facts? No. And I better conform to the reality that's outside of me. Conform to it and accept it. Because if I try to bang my head and shatter this podium, I'm going to be in a whole lot of trouble. I can believe all I want, sincerely, that I am Superman and I can fly. I can defy gravity. I can believe it all I want. I can dress the part. I can read books on the part. And I can build that reality in my mind all I want. But if I go jump out of a 10-story building, I'm going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Truth is what corresponds to the reality. Even if we don't like what we see, we accept it and we conform to it. Reality is, I don't got wings. Reality is, I can't fly. Do I hate that? You bet I hate that. Because when I'm late to meetings, I, mean, I poof, just fly to my meeting. I got to accept the reality, I can't fly. All right, I'm going to have to buy a five, $600 ticket to get to wherever I am going. All right, that's the reality of it. I accept it, I conform to it. Truth is not in here, truth is out here. We discover it and we conform to it whether we like it or not. What transgenderism is teaching our children is that truth is not out here, it's in here. We create it. This is modern philosophy. This is where modern philosophy has gone wrong. This is where modern or continental philosophy that you're all learning now goes wrong. That's why a lot of your young people, when they come out of introduction to philosophy, they, that's where they get all messed up and start thinking weird. Because now we're learning what? Truth is created in the mind, and the world conforms to the truth I've created in my mind. The world conforms to that. I don't discover it, I invent it. And the world conforms to the ideas or whatever I perceive or feel. Okay, and that's true. And that's what transgenderism teaches. Truth is not what corresponds to reality. Truth is what I feel. And the world conforms to what I feel or what I think. And when you have that definition of truth, there's no way to determine truth from error. What happens when two people perceive something differently? Who's right or who's wrong? How do you determine that? We're both right. 
because truth is created. It's in here. How dare you say I am wrong, right? And when you have a society that defines truth like that, a society just breaks down into complete chaos. And encouraging wrong thinking and feeling only increases the problem. When you have someone suffering from gender dysphoria, then they need treatment for mental illness, not a change in body parts. I was speaking to a woman at a camp who completely disagreed with what I said. And she said, my daughter is non-binary. She is non-binary. And what should I do about this? And I said, well, you're going to have to teach your daughter the definition of truth. And she needs to accept what is true, not embrace what is false and say the world conforms to what I think it is. And she said, she's not male or female, she's non-binary. And I said, okay, when you look in the mirror, what is she? Okay, without her clothes on, what is she? Male or female? She goes, she's non-binary, non-binary. I can say non okay, I said, well, obviously you're calling her she. So you look in the mirror, she's got female parts. Okay, she came out, non-binary, non-binary. And I said, okay, I'm gonna keep going. Meanwhile, she's screaming and yelling, non-binary, non-binary. I said, too bad. All right, here we go. I said, you look in the mirror, she's got female parts. And you say, reality is you're a woman. Now, you're not comfortable in being a woman. Let's get you to be as comfortable as you can accepting your womanhood. Instead of saying, oh, you want to be a man? That's the reality in your mind. That's what you feel? Let's change the reality so it matches what you feel. Very dangerous lesson you're teaching your young people. It's a perversion of truth. We'd be a society in absolute chaos if everyone actually truly embraced this definition of truth. But this is what we're doing in this whole transgender issue. Fourth, the Equality Act, or H.R. 5, it's an assault on our freedom. It goes against our existing civil rights and constitutional freedom because it forces everyone to agree with a controversial government-imposed ideology on sexuality. And if you oppose it, you will be penalized in some form. Adding gender or sexual orientation to things like Title VI means that any school or private institution, private schools that receive federal assistance are going to have to adopt these gender policies or you'll not be receiving government aid. Section 2A of the HR5 bill that was passed by Congress refers to the belief that marriage between a man and woman is a sexual stereotype, right? It's a sexual stereotype. That's what it is now. It is a cultural construct. That's all it is. In the Bible, it's an institution not created by God, but by man. The foundation of every culture. No society has ever survived that has redefined or dismantled the, the definition of marriage because you go against God's very planned and ordained and created institution of marriage. So same-sex marriage is an assault on God's institution, transgenderism is an assault on the very image of God. And those who would disagree with transgender ideology are labeled as racists, right? Hate-mongering kind of people, right? You should read the emails that I get, okay? And churches now who will start speaking out on this issue in disagreement, should this kind of bill pass and become a civil right? then you're in danger of being sued for what's called hate speech 
All right, you can come under serious lawsuits for things like that. High school counselors, elementary school, junior high counselors, then you'll not be able to counsel those struggling with gender dysphoria. You have to agree and move them in that process. You cannot say, wait a minute, let's stop and think about this. Obviously, you're a man. Obviously, you're a woman. Let's get you comfortable with your biological design. Or can we? Re- you can't say that anymore. That's hate speech. All right, you're going to have to agree and say, all right, is that what you? Let's start the gender transition process here. We can already see this going on in the news around us. Mr. Potato Head, right, has been banned and now is being rebranded by Hasbro. You can no longer say Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head. All right, it's being rebranded to, um, I don't know, Potato Head or something. But it's being rebranded by Hasbro to have a gender-neutral name. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucker. Evidence and Answers.